Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? <laughs> Hope you're getting through the week well. Excuse me. I, I See, I'm already <laughs> too much coffee, too much water. Uh, I laugh because strange times, strange times. It's such a loaded question. I ask it literally and rhetorically. How you doing? Everyone's like, Meh. I know. Look, for those that are like skating by and life is good and you're like, yeah, 2022, man, this is really my year. Celebrate that. But for the rest of us, my God, it's only February. And I'm already like, this is what I've already had to deal with. I'll be honest with y'all. It's been a rough year. I feel like it's been a rough couple years, but like this year has been profoundly hard and I'm not going to say much more. I, I'm more private than I realized on the show sometimes, but uh, I'm having a lot of major issues in a lot of major domains of life. But you know what? Keeping my head up, making room for it all. I don't want it, but I'm not going to reject it and struggle with it. You know, that's the acceptance and the mindfulness. And it's been really healing and soothing and it's kind of saved me. So uh, Dr. D has had a massive trauma occur this year and uh, some other peripheral stuff. But as you can tell, I, I'm still trying to uh, tap into what is feeling good and going well while again, recognizing the other stuff. So, you know, feel free to send me a little love. Feel free to keep me in your prayers. Feel free to send me some positive vibes, some hearts and smiles in my DMs because um, this year has not been nice and I'm not a fan. <laughs> but, um, you know, again, <clears throat> I do the work that I work with my patients on doing. I do the work that I try to bring out to all of you in my books and in the show. Um, we have to learn how to make room for these difficult feelings. We can't spend our lives trying to eliminate them or remove them. At some point we kind of surrender and this comes out of Buddhism and Eastern philosophy, which I use in all of my psychotherapy. I just don't use those terms. So it's not always flagged as such, but we live in a culture where we think that the goal is to be happy. And the only flaw in that is that we then are unhappy if we're not happy and we struggle. The key is not to be happy. The key is to just be with whatever is. That is the key of mental health. I also, as I always say, it's about authentically being who you are at all times and in all spaces and not participating in this idea that we have to move through the world in a certain way, yes. But on an emotional level, it's about being at ease with whatever arises. It's about befriending whatever's happening around you. Yes, pain might be happening, but we don't need to suffer by saying, the pain shouldn't be happening, or I need to get rid of it. We need to make room for all of it. We need to feel it. It doesn't feel awesome, but we can't spend our lives trying to avoid or outrun or get rid of everything that doesn't feel good to us. 
emotions are energies in our body. They're actually not good or bad. They just are. And we have to befriend all of them. I shared this on the show with you before. It has always been very meaningful for me because it helps me keep things in the right perspective because the perspectives that I'm given culturally by friends, family members, television, all that is problematic. Or if you feel something, you need to get rid of it by taking a medication or meditating. Or That is not really what it's about. In fact, meditation is not about the avoidance or getting rid of anything. It's actually learning how to hold space and be with. But we, we use these technologies as a way to escape but then we don't know or learn how to deal with difficult emotions, which are part of life always. So what was really comforting for me is there's a, I think I talked about this two weeks ago. There's a poem called The Guest House, and that is by one of my favorite poets, Rumi. And it's a really beautiful description as to um, just whoever greets us at the door emotionally, welcoming them in, letting them be, knowing that emotions you know, they're like a wave. They reach a peak where it's at its most profound. That's when it's at its most painful, but then it always crashes and subsides. No emotion lasts forever. Even when it might be days or weeks later and you're wondering when will this end? Well, we don't know. And often it will come back. Depression is a part of life. Anxiety is a part of life. Um, Frustration and disappointment, loneliness, parts of life. And we need to learn how to carry them with us while still participating in our lives. We can't get hooked on them and let them direct us and um, be struggling with them. We have to put, you know, end the battle and allow. That's what I'm doing. So it's mindfulness and acceptance in its most (laughs) pure and honest form. Yeah, it's helped me. That is not the topic of today's show, though. We are going to be moving on to a lighter note. I just was letting y'all know where I'm at. Where are y'all at? Take a moment and check in with yourselves. Again, we're working on not always distracting, even though the show, you know, it can be somewhat of that. We also want to just take a moment and say, how am I doing? Hmm? And it doesn't matter what the answer is. The answer doesn't dictate anything. It's just about wisdom, acknowledgement, embodiment. Whatever your answer is, doesn't mean you have to do something. If you're like, I'm really sad, it doesn't mean the answer is go get happy. (laughs) You know, I'm lonely. It doesn't mean you got to go be around people. It means good. Sit with the loneliness. Sit with the depression. Make room for it. Allow it. And then still go and do the day you were meant to go and do. You know, whatever emotion you're feeling, put it in your backpack and go run your errands. That's really the work. You're happy? Great. Go run your errands. You're sad? Great. Go run your errands. (laughs) You got stuff to do. Not because we're overvaluing productivity and all that, quite the opposite. It's just, we're still participating in our lives. Tonight's show, we're gonna talk about dating rules. Now, how about that for a transition? How about that for a little bit of a bumpy bridge? (laughs) You're like, I don't know how you got from one to the other. And I'm like, I don't either, but there we go. So stick around, y'all. We're gonna talk about rules for dating. We're all gonna, we're we're gonna get y'all back out there listening to Love Live with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Call from mom, answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, y'all, we are back and uh, we're talking about rules for dating. Before the break, I was uh, telling you (laughs) the work I'm doing emotionally. I read so much that I can't always... um, reference who said what. And uh, I don't think that's necessary. I think that's ego. I know a lot of people are going to hate that. Yes, we want to credit people for their work. I think it's ego, though, to be so obsessed with that. No one owns the work. We're all part of the work. No one owns the work. I'm burnt out on that crap. Point being, um, one of my favorite Eastern philosophers, don't remember who because I read a lot, said, okay, he okays everything. Doesn't mean we're accepting it, as in we want it doesn't mean um, we're not standing up to injustices. That's always the disclaimer and the caveat. If, if, abuse or dis- inju- if abuse or injustice is happening, shut it down, speak up, cause good trouble, get involved, take action. Otherwise, if it's a disappointment, a frustration, whatever it is, we have to just allow it. Point being, I told you this on the show a long time ago. We're going to come back to it. I was putting sticky notes all over my house, which is what I often do to remind me of something I'm wanting to work on or really internalize or want to, you know, make the way I move through the world. And I was just writing the word okay, because I'm trying to make room for everything. I'm meeting everything with ease. I'm not battling things anymore. You know, whatever comes, okay, we're rolling with it. And so, oh, if you wake up and you find out you got dumped, okay. You wake up, you found out you got the job you wanted. Okay. You wake up and find out you got fired. Okay. That's how I'm moving through the world right now. I'm just okaying things. I'm not struggling with things. doesn't mean I want it. Like I always say, if I leave the house and I'm hoping for it to be cool weather and I'm wearing my favorite hoodie and I love this, the, you know, and it's sunny as hell because I'm in Southern California. I didn't want that. I hate the heat and the sun. In fact, I have a seasonal effective where that's actually very depressing for me. It's, it's oppressive. But I'm not going to battle or struggle with something I can't control like the damn weather. So I go back in the house, I put on different clothes and I go about my day. I say, okay. And I do what I need to do. So that's what I'm doing. So whatever happens, I'm like, okay, (laughs) you know, I'm just showing up, but we're talking about dating and that's actually a good transition because I think we need to let go a little bit. I think we don't have a very good perspective. I think we're sucking the life out of things. Even for those that are currently married or in a romantic relationship, Stop sucking the life out of it. (laughs) Your presence, as I say, almost every show in someone's life should make their life better and enhance their life, not make it harder or worse. Check in on that. But we're going to talk about some rules for dating. This is pulled from a few articles. This is uh, pulled from a bunch of different people in my field. First one, and I love this one, is stop looking for the one. That is what a lot of avoidant people do. They don't know how to stick around and work through. They don't understand that any human being you have in your life, family member, colleague, friend, sex partner, romance partner, husband, wife, child, whatever it is, barista, um, there's always a set of issues that come with being with that person. And at some point, we just learn how to work with. Not everyone likes this reframe, 
But what we say in the field is you're looking for good enough. But we hate that as Americans. We want the newest, fastest, shiniest, biggest, most sought out, most expensive. That's ego. That's materialism. That actually does not bring happiness. We know that empirically from tons of research. It's about good enough. It's about contentment. Contentment is what we're seeking, not happiness. We're seeking contentment. Good enough. But some people want the one. But what they're really saying is, I don't want anyone who upsets me or frustrates me or, 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 or forces me to have to work on myself. Oh, good God. So you want perfect. But yet that same person will say, well, I know perfect doesn't exist, but yet that actually is what they're saying. And a lot of people that have an avoidant dating relational or what we say attachment style, they don't know how to just lean in and stick around. They don't know how to do the maintenance phase. It's born out of the inability to accept that having any human being in your life means that at times it will not feel ideal. That does not mean you need to pull the fire alarm and run. That's part of it. However, the takeaway is also that if we're going to be with someone long-term, it has to be a set of struggles that we're willing to accept. Because when I'm talking about this good enough, what I'm not saying and apply this to anything. It applies to a job. You're not going to find the perfect job. There's no such thing as a job that doesn't ever frustrate you, annoy you, or bother you, or stress you. It's good enough. But again, it has to be whatever it is that's coming with it has to be reasonable for you. Like for instance, <clears throat> I would not be able to accept under the label of good enough someone who was really participating unethically, problematically, in some form out in the world. That to me wouldn't be the kind of thing that is workable for me or acceptable or digestible. So there, there is a framework around which you do have to kind of look at this hierarchy of what's reasonable for you based on who you are. There are some people who, who allow things that I would never and vice versa. There's some things that I'll accept that other people couldn't. Um, so like chemistry and compatibility is all in there, but just be very thoughtful about not obsessing about this magical, the one, which to some people would mean it's seamless. No work needs to be done. It's always going to feel easy because that can be tyrannical for us. This whole soulmate thing. Um, there's a lot of different people that can fit in your life at different times in different ways, kind of like a job. There's going to be some benefits, going to be some negatives. It's about finding one where you're like, I can accept what comes with this and the positive and the negative. It's a reframe because like I said, again, we always want the best. We somehow, our ego and our materialism, we are always thinking outward. We are never thinking inward and we really tie our worth to whatever it is that's around us and we do that with partner choice as well. That's what I hear when I hear someone referencing how tall someone needs to be or what kind of weight. That's ego. It has nothing to do with anything. You know, it's just, again, you tying yourself worth to the car you have, the watch you have, your, your body, the person who's with you. Got to get out of that. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, talk about some dating stuff, y'all, because we're riding out this whole Valentine's Day thing, I guess. All right, you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris. Um, stick around because we're going we're gonna to save your relationship. Um, listen to Dr. Chris on Love Line, Channel Q, and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about some, um, what was the, what was the headline I was giving it? Like dating rules. And this is coming from a bunch of dating and relationship experts. Um, 
you know, again, I don't always agree with everything. I'm always, uh, you know, kind of buff style, buffet style, picking what's good, leaving what's not. And this stuff is endless. I could do this topic on every single show. And I do topics like this all the time because there's so much to think about. Repetition's important. And it's always new information. Although the core values are always the same. So, you know, don't think I'm always flipping it up, flipping and switching. Um, <clears throat> so I thought this one was kind of interesting. I, I think it's a little clunky, but this whole idea of take a person-focused approach. Um, there's such a thing as the tyranny of too many options. And there's a lot of research on that. Basically what that means is when you have too many options, it's actually a bad thing. You know, if you're going jean shopping and you walk into the jean store and you look at the wall and you're like, oh my God, like where do you even begin? And in fact, you can feel that sense of overwhelm and dread. Sometimes there's too many options. Regardless of what fits or what you like, you just are standing before too many options. And the reason why it can be tyrannical is because we then are able to have this idea that if there's that many options, then there might be always something better. And then, like I said, in our earlier segment, we're not necessarily willing to stick around and deal with any frustration because we have this false sense of there's always somewhere else we can go. There's always another pair we can buy. There's always another store we can check out. And much like dating for some people looking at the app, they're like, look at all the people that are on here. I don't really need to deal with anything annoying or frustrating. And so we don't really take this like person focused approach, which would mean really giving people a chance and some time. I think basically another way of saying that is we kind of start to dehumanize people and we just see them as a set of qualities and we start assessing them based on these random qualities, but you don't date qualities, you date a person. So it's actually experiential, which means you actually have to have an experience with and of the person to really understand what they'd be like in your life. And that is why for shopping for shoes, as long as you know your measurements, you just got to look at what the color looks like in the picture and would they look good with the jeans that you have. And it's very simple. There's not really anything about the experience of them. Yes, it does matter how they feel on your feet when you're walking around. That's quite simple. But with human beings, you have to actually put in some effort to have experiences with them. You can't choose based on how hot they are, how tall they are, how much money they make, or what bands they say they listen to, or what kind of food they want. Those actually don't tell you anything about anything. So if you tell me, oh, this person's 5'9", and they weigh, you know, 195, and they love Italian food and uh, indie synth pop, I I still know nothing about them, actually. Those qualities tell me nothing. (laughs) you know, it's, you have to be person centered. You actually have to have an experience with this person because none of those things have anything to do with really anything that doesn't tell you what that person's going to be like. If you lose a loved one, how supportive that person, it's not going to tell you what they're going to be like sexually and romantically. It's not going to tell you what they're going to be like when you have a really tough day and conflict arises, like all the important factors you can't figure out online by what we call searchable qualities, the qualities you can use when you're looking for a home or sneakers, um, or even a movie by reading some reviews. Well, a movie's different because you actually do need to have an experience of it. My point being, um, you have to actually put effort into the people. You have to be person-centered, which means you have to actually, the key word is effort. Um, <clears throat> those that are in relationships, think about that. I, I, I don't know. Maybe you were happily surprised that your assessment was correct. Uh, maybe you're happily surprised that your assessment was incorrect. Maybe you're horrified at the assessment gone wrong. You 
thought you knew who they were because in the beginning, remember, it's all lust driven by whether we think they're hot or not. It's also then driven by the fantasy we make up of who we think they are because that's exactly what we do. We make up a fantasy of who we think they are and they match it or they disrupt it when we meet them and we're just projecting. They're not real. The person you're with isn't real for a while because in the beginning, we're just trying to be liked. <clears throat> we're operating on superficial levels and the fantasy and the projections get to sustain themselves for a while. And we might be just operating off of lust, chemistry, and attraction. But again, it's when we have hard moments or conflict when there's when we're actually forced to acknowledge there's a separate, different person in front of us who has a different opinion or doesn't like the plan that we set up. That's when a real person arises. And what we do in that moment and with that moment actually speaks to who we are, who they are, and what's possible between us as a relationship. So like, what am I saying? I'm saying you have to put the time and energy in to get to those moments to really figure it out. You can't just be making these decisions on the apps. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. It depends on how much time and energy you have. Um, and I'm not even just talking about apps. I'm talking about even if you met them in class and you see them or you know them at work, like those are superficial environments that don't speak to how that will translate out of that environment. Knowing what someone's like in the office, knowing what someone's like when you're having an affair with them, but you're married, knowing what someone's like in class doesn't tell you what they're like in other contexts. We're still in fantasy and we're projecting. We're making a lot of assumptions. You got to be person centered. You got to take the time and energy to figure out who is this human being and what do we co-create when we build something together, friend, colleague, loved one, sex partner, it doesn't matter. Um, it's part of it. Gonna take a break, gonna do some DMs, then we're gonna jump back into this. This is tools and tips for everyone. But a goddamn first drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Stick around though, we will be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris, Channel Q, and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back. Now it's time to glide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I currently work in the sex industry. I'm a dancer, model, and I have an OnlyFans. I'm really successful at what I do. However, I sometimes feel like I'm unable to meet anyone that sees me for me. I feel like I'm just an object to everyone, and I can flirt, go on dates, but it always comes down to me being something they want to accomplish. I tell their friends that I hooked up with this person. It happened again last week. I'm just feeling very lonely and insecure. I love my body and I'm happy to be doing what I'm doing, but how do I get someone to see me for me? How can I protect myself from these people who want to use me? So this kind of message is heartbreaking because you know I, I wanna remind you um, that you're a human being and maybe I'm saying that to those that are dehumanizing you. Everyone's, everyone has worth and value and someone's worth and value is based on their character and, and, and how they treat others and how they move through the world. But to treat someone differently because of the kind of the kind of work they do or, you know, the kind of work that harms no one. And in fact, is a really, really important counterbalance to our sex phobic, sex negative culture it really says a lot about you. So first off, we have to acknowledge that the author of this question is dealing with horophobia, sex negativity, slut shaming, uh, sexism, right? Because that's what you're up against. And that I can't dismantle immediately. And so unfortunately, 
that's going to be something that you'll struggle with for the duration of your life. I don't believe in my lifetime, sadly, that we will work through all of that. There's a lot of work, right? So the question is also, how do I, realizing we live in a really, we live in a culture that has a lot of problematic ideas around sex workers and sex, how do I survive or feel good in that? Well, it's a struggle. It's like, how do gay people feel good in a homophobic culture? How do larger fat bodies feel good in a, you know, thin centric fat phobic culture? It's hard. It's hard. But do know that there are people out there that have respect for women, period. And if you only have respect for certain women, then you're sexist. If you only have respect for women that do certain kinds of things that you're comfortable with, you're, you're sexist. You have toxic masculinity, you have sexism, you have slut phobia. There's a lot in there. But there are some really amazing people that will see you as the person that you are. And I applaud you because to work in the sex industry in our culture is an act of courage and it's an act of authenticity and it's an act of empowerment. And I want you to lean into that. So thank you for the work you do. You're an important needed counterbalance to all of our cultural baggage. But of course, you're a human and you want relationship and you want desire and you want to feel like a full total person. So I'm sorry that people don't treat you like that. Shame on those that don't know how to see you as the person you are. Um, a couple things I would say. I would say you don't need to anxiously disclose the work you do right off the bat to make someone feel okay or to feel accepted. Sometimes we should work on leading with just us as ourselves, but I appreciate that at some point work does come up and that might be where people really lean into an issue. Best you can do is look for those red flags and take care of yourself. And if someone's showing a sign of discomfort or an inability to humanize you as the person you are, you have to exit that relationship immediately. What do we do to survive in a world that has systems in place that harm us directly? We we have to build community that reflects back that we have worth and value, and we have to stay within that. Gay people need gay friends to remind them, you're awesome, we're here. Fat people have to do that. People of color, sex workers. So make sure you have a strong community base, right? And dating's hard in general, so I appreciate that this makes it even harder. And so I don't really have a solid answer because the issues you're up against are cultural and systemic and they're gonna maintain themselves for a while as people like me and others work to dismantle them. So the best you can do is take care of yourself and, and stay soft, right? Not let this harden you and realize that there are people that will accept you as a total full person. There's no answer. All I can really do is empathize and try to make it a call to action for people to be better and to keep doing the work to dismantle those things that are oppressing and harming you. And that's kind of all we have. It bummed me out that we still you know, we're all up against these different pieces. You know, I think uh, if we reflect on our time in COVID, we, we saw a lot of people doing the best they can and, and making do with what they had and trying to get their needs met in, um, excuse me, I'm moving the mic around, in whatever ways um, work for them and their families. So more care and compassion. I think that, I think that's the answer I could give to everything. More care and compassion. We need tons more of that. Letting people live, letting people struggle, letting people try to do their best. Um, not judging individuals. I think when we contextualize and understand what's going on in place and time and in individuals people and in and, and in individual people's lives, we have a better understanding as to why the choices they make are the choices they make. Um, all right, we gotta take a break. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back. Talking about relationality, talking about dating tips and tricks. We are learning from some of the experts. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm bopping around, pulling some things out of here. I have a friend who used to always say that, bopping around. My God, I haven't thought of that or said that in forever. Uh, God bless. I miss him. I hope he's doing well on the East Coast. <laughs> uh, all right. I love this next tip. Ready for this one? This is going to... It's going to bump some people out. Might make some people excited. I love this one. I saw a few people saying this. Date sober. 
what? I know. I know. Some people, they're like, listen, the anxiety is real. Or I feel like if I have a, you know, smoke a little or take an edible or have a few glasses of wine or whatever else y'all might be doing, that uh, I'll loosen up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yes and no. Because I'll tell you what, the whole purpose of why you love those substances is because of what they do, right? Drop our inhibitions. But that's the problem. <laughs> they drop our executive functioning a little bit, our rationality, our judgment. So what it is you value is also what is the problem. <laughs> Hear that. Our judgment's a little off. Our valuation's a little off. We're a little too loose. We're not fully aware of ourselves. That's the problem. The solution becomes the problem. The function is also the problem. Um, it can exaggerate things. It does. It loosens our boundaries. I, I, I think it becomes unfair to you and to them. Here's why. You're not taking care of yourself by possibly stepping into something that's not right for you or that you don't want. It's also not fair to them because you lead them on or misuse them. You dangle that carrot. They go home trusting maybe what they just experienced. Wow, that person said a lot of amazing things. Wow, they were all over me. But that might not have been real. It might have been an exaggeration or a result of whatever substance you were taking. That's not fair or kind to them or to you. People show up looking for love. They're putting their time and energy into this. Um, take that seriously. I, 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 again, will always advocate for being honest, for being upfront, for not wasting people's time and not harming people. People are heartbroken. I work with some clients where we do a lot of work for them to be able to show up on that one date and for you to misuse that and not take it seriously and not think it's a big deal. Um, very unkind, truly very narcissistic. These are other people you're talking about. These are the people you're impacting and, uh, take that seriously. Don't make light of that. Don't think it's not that big of a deal. Don't say it's just an app or it's only a first date. For some people, that's a huge thing. That may be their first date in five years, 10 years, ever, maybe. And how that goes and how much work they put into feeling their best, getting the confidence to show up and all that, mm, don't get me started on that. So we'll just keep it light and say it exaggerates the connection. <laughs> um, I was laughing out loud at a writer who was writing about this topic, and this is their quote, they said, if I've had two glasses of uh, wine, I can feel chemistry with literally anyone. And I thought, I don't drink. But when I did, amen to that. Give me a couple glasses of whatever, and uh, I'll have chemistry with the bar stool. You know what I mean? I will be in love, I will take it home, and I will want to marry it. But none of that's real. It was the booze. And um, so we don't want to date while intoxicated. Go on your first couple dates sober. Be present. Have them be present. Plan dates that don't involve drinking. Go to coffee. Go for a hike. Do a beach day. Run errands. I don't care what you do. <laughs> but I think the alcohol can get in the way. So be thoughtful about it. You know, um, alcohol is a central nervous depressant. You know, the same mechanism, as I said, that takes away that anxiety, takes away your rationality. <laughs> the solution then also becomes the problem. Chills you out but it chills you out. <laughs> so um, figure that out. You know, maybe you just need to have something in your hand. So you order something non-alcoholic, but don't get in the habit of that. Believe me, I went through my phases where I did that. And I kicked myself the next day because I had enough ethics where when someone was reaching back out saying, I had an awesome time, I want to see you again. I was like, oh man, I don't feel that way. That was the alcohol talking and it swept me up and I sold a dream that I can't stand behind. Um, that's a mess. That's being messy. Dating shouldn't be where we're being messy, making our lives and other people's lives harder. 
That's messy. <laughs> Think about that even if you're already in a relationship or married. Are you always intoxicated around them? Because there's those people as well where whenever they're with their partners, they spend every night of the weekends always drinking. That's messy. That's not connection. Be sober with them. Do some sober things. Learn how to really be with yourself and with them. Why are you hiding out all the time? There's some, some people that will only go places that serve alcohol. They can't imagine experiencing things or life without booze tied to it. They're like, what? You don't drink at the movies? What? You don't drink at concerts? What? You don't go to a baseball game without drinking? What? Travel doesn't always involve drinking? Yeah, shocker. It doesn't. I won't travel with people that are always drinking. In fact, I don't really want to be around people that are drinking ever at all. I don't see the purpose. Just be with me. Let's have fun without it. I think I'm more fun without it anyway, but that's me. So think about that. Um, try, try to, try to practice that. What would it be like to go on a date without some booze or to not do an alcohol center date or even a nighttime date, you know, but that also means we have to get over this idea that if someone asks you for lunch or coffee, that it's not as meaningful because it's not dinner or it's not nighttime or it's not the weekend. Grow up. We're better than that this year. All right, y'all, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back to this, figure, figure ourselves out a little bit relationally. Most important work we'll do. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris, Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around y'all because we will be right back. All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking about some dating tips. This applies to dating. This applies to people that are married. This applies to people that have been in a serious relationship. We're learning a lot. We are talking about not always having alcohol around. Certainly not when we're going on our first couple dates. Those beer goggles will make you exaggerate interest, confused about your level of interest, down for everything and anyone. But then you wake up the next day and you're like, what did I just do? I hooked this person who now thinks they should be courting me or I'm courting them and now I have to backpedal. Don't do that to yourself, don't do that to them. We're not looking for the one. We realize that we're looking for good enough, man, because every human being in any way, shape or form that in our lives comes with some frustration or some work. We have to be ready to deal with that. We're taking a person-focused approach. We're not treating people as though they're just qualities, like we're buying a pair of shoes, you know what I mean? They just have to look good, oh no. No, no, no. We want better than that. We're actually spending time with and seeing who they are as a person. We're having experiences with them, getting to know them. We're not just looking at them online like a bunch of qualities or whatever that is. Um, here's another big one. Yes, this is something that frustrates my patients. This is something that frustrates my friends. Drum roll. If you are not willing to tell someone clearly and openly that you are no longer interested then you are not ready to even start. Just like we say in the sexual health world, if you're not ready to ask someone when the last time they were tested was, or to talk about safer sex practices or what you enjoy sexually, then you are not mature enough or ready to be having sex at whatever age you are. Dating's the same thing. So I don't care if you are 25, 55, or 85. If you're not willing to lovingly, clearly, respectfully tell someone, thank you for spending time with me, it's been awesome kicking it for a few years, but I'm no longer interested, then you are not ready or mature enough to be dating. Period, end of story, show's over. You know what I mean? Your show's over, not mine. We got a lot more to come. Um, <laughs> but that's a big deal to me. And if a client's like, I don't know if I can do that, I'm like, well, then we got work to do. Stop dating or we gotta really hit the gas pedal because you have someone's mental health in your hands. When we're dating, even if it's only a few dates, they're in our care. We have connected and formed something. You're responsible for that. I'm sorry. It's not like, oh, it was only one date. Okay, well, if no one ever reaches out to either person, we're good. But if they text you, you have you have a you have a responsibility to follow up with something. Sorry. That's part of the ethics of all this. And I will demand that we do this ethically. Demand that. 
And uh, that's where I'm that kind of therapist. I demand that in my private practice. That's mental health, yours and other people's. And I'm, cons- I'm worried about everyone's mental health because part of our mental health is compassion and worrying about other people's mental health. Yes, I'm that therapist. And if you don't like that, this is not the right show or the right therapist for you. I'm just kidding. This is the right show for everyone. But um, you got to handle it like an adult. It's okay if you're not connecting with someone, just like it's okay if someone's not connecting with you. There's the inverse. You cannot get mad at someone because they break up with you. You're not allowed to. They have a right to exit any relationship that is not working for them, healthy for them, or what they're wanting. The plate answer when someone breaks up with you is, man, I'm really bummed out. I'm sorry to hear that, but thank you for telling me. Period. I know that that's hard. Um, Things come up. Things happen. You know, things might have been going real real well in the beginning and then something occurs. We don't like the way someone manages conflict. We realize the relationship to drugs or alcohol is not okay for us. Or they start dropping some homophobic, transphobic, racist stuff and we're like, yeah, no. They tell you they voted for Trump. You're like, double deuces, peace out, peace out. Because that would be what I'd say. Um, gotta be loving, gotta be clear. If you, and I mean it, they need to understand that that's what that, that, that is. I don't care if you leave a post-it or a text. Yes, I'm also that person. Just do it. Because for some people I work with, if they don't text it, it's not going to happen. And it needs to happen. And so I prioritize the impact over the vehicle or process around which it happens. Because it needs to happen. And that's better for it to happen via a post-it note than for you to drag someone's mental health through a few more weeks or months because you don't know how to do it otherwise. It's a mental health issue. We prioritize the mental health part, not the process. So we have to get over the way they did it. I know your feelings are hurt, that it happened. Focus more on healing that. Um, That's a big one. Let me see here for a second. Yeah, I'm just. This is someone else's quote. A clean ending to a relationship, no matter how short, is the considerate thing to do. It simply makes it easier for everyone involved. No one wants to be ghosted or strung along. As soon as you realize it, vocalize it. Don't string people along. You don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know what kind of work they're doing. Um, don't 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 be part of someone's relational trauma that makes it hard for them to move forward or trust again. That's part of the ethics of all of this. We're not harming people in the process. Dating and sex are supposed to be fun, positive things that often come with growth and difficulty and conflict, but they shouldn't leave us feeling worse off about ourselves or leaving us unable to trust again. Like I will always demand ethics that has to be part of the conversation we're having around mental health. How we treat and impact others is part of our mental health. That is part of our boundaries, our communication skills. It is part of our self-esteem. It's part of our working on our own narcissism. It is in there. So take that seriously. I think that's probably, if nothing else, just take that, please. Sorry, y'all, I'm having a human moment. My voice is going a little bit. All I do for jobs is talk. Talk, 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 talk. I got to start drinking that throat tea. Um, a lot of people are really great at giving me recommendations in the past. I took them up on. I just haven't used them. going to come back and start doing more of that. But, um, you know, again, we want to be very thoughtful about the world we're creating and the world we're moving through because the same people that are often complaining about things that are being done to them are literally acting those same things out on others, thereby keeping that cycle alive and instead dismantling these toxic systems that we're all injured by, they're strengthening and participating in them and keeping them normalized. Let's make it not normal to just disappear or ghost on people. You know, Let's normalize adult, honest expression. 
That's our goals for uh, 2022 or whatever year we're in. God bless it. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to finish off talking about some of this, and then we'll do some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions you got, topics you want us to hit, topics you want us to circle back to, let us know. Always happy to do so. I actually do follow up on that. I just don't present it as such. That's why you'll hear some of these things hit again. I'll be like, ah, we're hitting this again. And uh, past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Otherwise, stick around, y'all. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Great, y'all. We are back and uh, we're finishing up talking about basically how to be a better human being. <laughs> we do that by being better within all the relationships we're a part of. Because um, again, we're not hurting people. We're not, you know, we're not dating sober and all messed up because we make bad decisions, lead people on, say things we don't mean. I'm telling you, I can think back. I've done it. I remember when I was drinking and I'd be like, oh my God, Chris, you are selling a dream. You are pouring it on thick. You are dangling a big old carrot in front of this person and they are hungry for it. And you need to not be moving through the world like that. It's confusing people. It's hurting people. Um, so it's about being more honest. And uh, that brings us to our next point. Well, we already kind of talked about ending things gracefully, but our next point is about ready for this one. Because <laughs> people do this. We can't keep trying to date based on potential. What I mean by that is you have to see who it is in front of you, who they are now, what's going on in their life now, and decide if that's what you want to bring in. Because we don't know what's happening next. So you can't date based on who you think they could be or what you think could happen. If you're currently dating a student, maybe they're going to drop out of school. Maybe they won't get the career they're in school for. That's why you can't be like, oh, well, you know, I'm dating a doctor or a lawyer or a pilot or, you know, whatever it is, a veterinarian or, you know, a chef. Okay, and, and you can't say, because then at some point they're going to dot, dot, dot. Well, no, we don't know. That's not who they are now. You're going to actually be with them now. What does it feel like to be with them now? Because the quality of your life while with them now matters as much as this future-oriented potentiality that might or might not ever come and might not come with the fantasy you've made up about what it would be like at that time. Because I know a lot of people that did that, they're like, oh, I was with them through school and blah, blah, blah. And then when they finally graduated, I thought it'd be easier and fun. They were actually never available, traveled too much, and it was just the nightmare version of the fantasy I had of their potential. That's a mess, that's not fair to you, it's not fair to them. So it's really about who's this person in front of me and are you in? <laughs> So it can't be, they'd be perfect if, and then we can also be looking at these personality traits. Uh, I'm going to turn them into a morning person. No, you're not. Yes, we have influence over people. Could happen. Most likely not. So be thoughtful about that because people do it all the time. You know, I'm going to get them into the gym because I love the gym and I'm going to make them a morning person. And that's not kind. You're not correct. Your vision for them isn't better than the vision they have for themselves. It's so patronizing to think you know better for them. Because it's actually ego and self-centeredness. You're you're centering yourself and what you want and what you need. You're going to try to like meld them around that. Huh? doesn't work like that. Um, <clears throat> so say no to that. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't work like that. And be aware of people that seem to be trying to change you versus accepting you for who you are. Because that's a big part of commitment. I accept you as you are right now. Don't know what's happening next, but right now I'm all in. If and when that changes, we'll let each other know. But this is what's up right now. That's, that's the words and the energy you want to hear. Um, and then uh, I guess we'll kind of end on this one. Ah, I love this. We get so obsessed with the outward, right? Oftentimes we need to be going inward. We often go outward. We focus on looking for perfect out there, but we're not assessing 
how are we doing? <laughs> are we a good partner? Are we the right partner? What kind of partner are we going to be? Do we even know what it's like to be in a healthy relationship? Do we know the qualities of trust? Do we know what it is to create a secure primary attached relationship? What are we bringing into someone's life? What baggage would we be dragging forward? Would we make their life better or harder? Think about that. That's an honest question. Am I going to, am I, you know, not doing so well and I'm going to make them miserable and I'm going to stress them out? Do I have trust issues and I'm going to constantly be policing them, making them feel bad about what they're doing? Like check in on yourself. And again, ask yourself, what impact would I have? What kind of partner would I be? You know, as you're dating, you're learning about yourself and where your work is. Take that seriously and do it. But again, often the talk is about them, who they are, where they are, what they're doing, what they're not doing, what annoys us. And it's like, great, pause. What about you? What are you working on? What do you need to work on? I don't think people should be dating or even in a relationship if they don't have an answer for that. If you can't answer my question, what are you working on or need to work on? Yikes, because that means you're not. And we should always be aware of that, which is why I say all the time, Check in with your partner. How's this relationship going? What does our relationship need from us? What does the relationship need from me? Be aware of that. Ask yourself that. Look at what's upsetting you. That shows you where your work is. If your partner's upsetting you or triggering you, it's not about them working on that. It's about you resolving yourself, that trigger for yourself. Triggers show us where our work is. It's a reflection back about us. Resolve it. We need to be in that. We need to be aware of that. This is what we're working on in 2022, being better beings. That's why I keep bringing in ethics. Oh, it's worth it. Don't be stressed out by it. Be motivated by it. Be energized by it. This is what relationships are about, transformation. We think it's about getting something. It's that possessiveness, that individualism. It's the cultural materialism. What am I getting? Not what am I giving, you know? All right, y'all, though, we're going to take a break in a minute, and uh, we're going to come back do the DMs. So DMs are wide open, 24 hours, seven days a week. Got questions, drop them in there. Whatever you're wondering about, someone else might be too. So you're helping them out as you're helping yourself out. Always confidential, always anonymous. Any questions you got under the mental health rubric, we'd love to hear from you. Topics as well. We love hearing topics from you, things you want us to hit. Circle back, drop deeper into, and uh, binge, post, reshare, re-listen over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Love Line, and click on it. All the past episodes are there. Um, yep. Sticking around now. We're going to be uh, dropping some gems. So, uh, stay with us. You're listening to love line with Dr. Chris on channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s. It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month. with Eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, we're back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. Sliding into the DMs. So if you've got a question for us, always drop in the Loveline IG page there in the DMs. Uh, questions, topics, things you want covered, things you want us to circle back to. I know people will reach out sometimes saying, hey, Dr. Chris, do you have any resources or can you tell me more about this? Uh, put in the DMs on the Loveline IG page and then uh, I can kind of share it with everyone because I think there's some topics that we don't have time to drop deeper into or, you know, whatever, we just kind of move on and... I want everyone to get their needs met, so put them in there. And uh, as always, wearechannelq.com is where you want to go for past episodes, so head on over there. But today's DM says, Dear Director Chris and Loveline, my relationship is almost perfect. In fact, it's often great. It's like you're rubbing it in. That's good, though. Except that uh, my boyfriend smokes weed pretty much daily. Uh, often, I find myself getting annoyed because he is lazy, not very helpful when he is smoking and getting high. We don't really have very attuned present conversations and uh, I'm over here being completely and fully sober myself. Uh, he says he needs it to deal with some depression and anxiety and stressors. Um, but what's the balance? Uh, I feel like when he is not smoking, often he's a little more irritable and uh, happy, but our conversation, oh, happy when high, but not always having the best conversations. Yeah, that's a big one. This one comes up often. Everyone has different coping mechanisms, you know, different forms of self-care, different hobbies, different coping mechanisms. So listen, everything on the surface uh, superficially has the capacity to help us get through tough times, whether we're turning to food, you know, sex, shopping, uh, smoking weed, things like that. And I think the problems really arise not on what we're utilizing, but the impact it has on important elements of our life and also whether or not we have other options. I think it can be problematic when we're relying on the same thing over and over, you know, um, but more importantly, you know, your question has a lot of love and care in it. Like, hey, I miss quality time with my partner, shared experiences, engagement. And I think that's where you need to uh, come from when you talk to your partner about how this impacts you is don't villainize the weed smoking because in theory, there's nothing wrong with that. It's quite safe. There's not overdoses. It doesn't lead to violence or domestic violence like alcohol does. I'm more worried about people that drink than people that smoke weed for sure. You know, alcohol is more toxic to systems in your body. Um, so that makes me more concerned. Um, but again, come from the truth of I miss you. And when you're high, I don't feel like we can have really close, deep, intimate conversations because you kind of can't. When you're on a different conscious level, someone's intoxicated in some form or under the influence of something or whatever it is. And, you know, or even just they drank some caffeine and they're higher energy. It's really hard to connect. And that's really what you're talking about. Um, if you have an issue with the fact that they smoke weed, that's your personal issue to work through because as an adult, this person gets to make that choice. But within a relationship, we do get to reflect back to our partner how things they're doing might impact our relationship. Because 
our relationship is important. And you have to come from that perspective, very soft and say, hey, smoke weed, but it'd be great if we could carve out time where we're both available to do relational stuff like date night, date days. And that's, that's fair. So maybe may start making some plans. I think if you're just laying around the house, it's very reasonable that this is what this person chooses to participate in. Just like if you were spending hours reading or working on art or cleaning out a closet or whatever you might be doing, you're allowed to spend time invested in that. Um, but if your partner came to you and said, hey, I feel like that blocks time for us to connect, I'd hope you'd say, sure, let me carve out some time so I can do both. And say that to this person, like, hey, this weekend, can we go catch a movie? And it would be really important to me if you would maybe wait and smoke weed afterwards, because I fully support you smoking weed, but I'd love time where we're just both totally present and sober. And I think that that's very reasonable. But you should plan something and let him know that, uh, let him know that it's a relational block. You know, it's like an intimacy buffer and you'd love more presence at certain times. And otherwise he gets to smoke. He doesn't need to always be available and present. You know, relationships are one part of our life. Um, but I think that's very reasonable. And then you have a, bar a bigger issue if your partner's like, yeah, I don't care. Um, but that might mean that what's going on in his life might be more than he has the internal resources to cope with. So if he's saying, I, I can't do that, my anxiety is too high. Well, the answer is, well, you need to work on that because healthy relationships, everyone's addressing their mental health struggles, right? And so that might be, okay, well then if that's not possible because your anxiety is so high that you can't get through a day or a block of time without using marijuana to cope, then it's time to get into some therapy because that's gonna give you long-term solutions because marijuana is not a long-term solution. For some people it will be, and that will be a part of some person's ongoing mental health care or even sobriety. Yes, some people use marijuana as part of their sobriety because maybe other drugs or alcohol are what are problematic and marijuana allows them to be away from that and that's harm reduction. It's about quality of life and mental health, not just abstinence, who cares about that? It's about impact on your life. So have that conversation. I think there's something really beautiful in what you're actually requesting within that. All right, Joe, that is our show. We'll be back tomorrow. Oof. Have a great rest of your night, y'all. Thanks for hanging out. And y'all enjoy the rest of your night. See you soon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 